If you're looking for the skills and tools to succeed in real estate investing, you've come to the right place. This show is about breaking through barriers, breaking through limiting beliefs, and breaking through to the life that you want to live through the power of real estate investing. You're listening to the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Rob Brake and Quentin D'Souza. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us again for another episode of Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. This one is going to be a little bit different. It's going to sound a little bit different because if anyone listened to the last show, uh, the last show was Sandy's last show. I'm sure he'll be back as a guest, but he decided to move on and he's not going to be uh, co-hosting regularly with me anymore and uh, stepping up to the plate to fill those big shoes is Quentin D'Souza. Hey, hey. hey, Rob, how's it going? Very good. Good morning. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you. Thanks for being here. I'm looking forward to it. So everybody listening knows that they've got to go over to our website, BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca, sign up for our uh, links there so you can see what Quentin's up to with Durham REI and all the other fun stuff that he's doing, all the coaching he provides. We're going to talk about that a little bit as we go here, Quentin. Uh, I'd like you to just explain some of the things that you have to offer. And also you can see what I'm up to over there and uh, learn about what, what's going on with uh, my team in Ontario as well as Costa Rica. So we've always got some exciting things going on. So if you want to learn more about that, again, go over to BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca and go over to iTunes and like and subscribe to our show. Leave us a comment and review and uh, tell us what you what you want to hear more of. If you want to hear um, different topics that you haven't heard on the show before, let us know what they are, and and we're we're going to be sure to get some new and exciting and fun guests on the show, and we're going to keep on learning a lot from them. So, Quinton, welcome. Hey, thanks. I appreciate that. I'd like to just uh, hop in and introduce George here. So, George is a real estate investor, an investor focused realtor and financial independent advocate based in the Belleville, Ontario area. He started investing in the Belleville market with a focus on smaller multifamily properties and quickly took on more and more complex burrs, duplex conversions, student rentals. He's done them all. Within three years of investing, he went on to acquire 15 units that generated enough cash flow to exceed his pharmacist income and allowed him to retire by the age of 31, earning himself the nickname Cashflow George. Now he teaches clients how to invest in real estate with the proven strategies, helping them achieve their own real estate goals, whatever they may be. Thanks, George. Thank you, Quentin. Thanks, George. Welcome. Glad to have you here. We're going to learn a lot from you today. I know that. And I really like the idea that uh, we're going to focus on achieving financial independence through real estate, which is a great topic and, and kind of something that I wanted to shift the show more towards is what are the rewards of what we get as real estate investors, not just the nuts and bolts of how to get started, which is great too. Obviously, you can't get to uh, the what it, what it has afforded you until you learn about all of the things that it takes to get there so there's going to be that too but i really do want to learn what people like what um what this investing has afforded people 
you know, and so that's kind of what we're going to focus on with you today. And I noticed, Quentin, you really don't like talking about yourself, do you? Because I'm trying to throw it to you and you're like, let's introduce George. <laughs> yeah, not, I'm okay. We got to learn get to know a little me. bit about you too, you know. People will get we'll to We'll do know that me. later, I guess. Sure. <laughs> well, welcome to the show, George. Uh, uh, let's just start out by telling us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm a, you know, as uh, Quentin mentioned, I am a real estate investor and now a realtor in the Belleville area. I really, most of my time, I'm, uh, for my clients, I focus on helping my clients invest in real estate because uh, as we mentioned in our bio, I've have, I've made such a journey through investing myself using all these different strategies. And nowadays I use my knowledge and expertise and and network to help my own clients invest in real estate in the Belleville market as well. Um, that's what I'm mostly about. And, you know, as a farm, former pharmacist, I seem to have positioned myself in a space where when the news of when I left, uh, when I was able to retire early, a lot of fellow healthcare professionals came out asking, they're looking for the same thing. They're looking to achieve the same through real estate. And as a result, I've Kind of became an advocate in that space, helping others uh, retire from real estate, retire from their professional jobs early, using real estate and kind of guiding them how that process works. Very good. What about um, what about just life? Tell us about that too. Oh, life. Um, I'm a, I'm a workaholic. I like to. My life is mostly 99 percent real estate, or either for my own or my friend clients. But I'm a I'm a, I'm a big gym guy. I like going to the gym. I go to I just came back from the gym earlier. I go seven days a week, roughly two hours every day. I used to I used to compete in uh, Olympic weightlifting, and that was a oh, really? big regiment of my wow. life for several years. Um, actually, when I first graduated, I took six months off just so I could train full time, just because I wanted to know what what it felt like. Um, so that that regiment has kind of carried with me, even though I'm not uh, in that space anymore. The, the years of me uh, training specific days of the week for this many hours and following a specific diet that's effectively uh, following an Excel spreadsheet, that's uh, still carried forward to this day and I'm still regimented in that space. And I'm not as strict on myself in that sense, but uh, I like to have a, uh, how would you say, a very predictable life in that space. Routine. Routine, exactly. That's the word I'm looking for. And, you know what? It's, it's interesting. I've kind of seen different sides of real estate investors. And as they, you know, as they move along, they've got like this personal scorecard. And it's it's like the real estate investing and the cash flow is one part of that. Then the health and fitness is another. And then like relationships and family is another and travel is another. It seems to be like uh, it's very interesting to, to see and, you know, um, to see that in different real estate investors. So I'm, I'm just curious. So why did you start investing in real estate and, and why Belleville? Well, um, why Belleville is an interesting story because uh, at the, you know, I was, I graduated as a pharmacist. Uh, I started working right away, but my, my girlfriend at the time, oh, she's still my girlfriend, um, but <laughs> she, she had a hard time finding a job uh, after she graduated. We graduated the same year. And I pretty much told her, as a pharmacist, I can work anywhere, uh, anywhere in Ontario. That's where I'm licensed. So you find a job anywhere and I'll follow you. And she ended up getting a job in 
Belleville, Ontario, which I didn't know existed at the time. And I follow there and that's where I ended up. And why did I start investing in real estate? That's an interesting story because, you know, I went to the pharmacy profession um, a because, you know, I was I was good at the sciences and in, in undergrad, I realized, you know, I like it. But unless you're like a academic professor, there's really no profession for you in terms of if you're in the hearts like bio, biology, chemistry, sciences. Um, so quickly, I had to pick something that actually made money. And pharmacy was what I gravitated towards. And I thought it'd be like, oh, yeah, I like drugs. I like how they interact with the body. I like learning the effects of how, you know, playing with this gets this effect. But as soon as I graduated I, and I started working, I realized it wasn't quite what I was expecting. It was more customer service, uh, dealing with angry people on a daily basis. Uh, frontline, it was really frontline customer service. That's what it was. And unfortunately, it was people treating you like crap in the profession. They, I like to describe it as people treat you like a McDonald's drive-thru. They want their drugs quick and drawn their fast and they're not, they're impatient for it. And on the other end of this, on the other end is uh, you, sure, you might be the one taking the order and putting it together, but you know, it's, it's one thing to like, if you said no pickles and I forgot to do that, it's different in the pharmacy because any mistake can kill you. So it's the combination of the the necessity of accuracy and doing it right and then balancing that with someone yelling at you because you didn't do it in five minutes and the customer service aspect of it. That's what within honestly within a week of me working full time in as a pharmacist, I knew that like this is this is not for me and I needed to uh, get out as soon as I can. You know, that's I dug in straight into like how do I retire early? I started Googling and I found some some Reddits and you know, I started off just putting away as much as much of my income into uh, stocks and you know index funds in the beginning, but then later on, I read the book Rich Dad Poor Dad, and that's kind of that was my gateway drug into real estate. And from then on, I started investing in real estate with the explicit goal of generating as much cash flow as possible so I can retire. So then, how did you make that transition from <clears throat> the like? When did you know it was time to? to shift away from the pharmacy well with this with investing in stocks and you know index funds that it was a much longer time frame for when i knew i was going to retire because you know using that model i would have to it would i think it was projected to hit there around age 35 or 40 uh, assuming i was um, putting away the same amount of money as i was before but and at the time, there wasn't any pressure because I, at the time, I didn't even own my own home yet. So it was, I paid off my, I had like a 60,000 student loan or something like that. And I was so aggressively paying that back. I've paid it off exactly one year within me even starting my full-time job. And from then on, I was just putting away money into my index funds. How old and, were you about at that time? Uh, I graduated in 2015. I was 24. Yeah, pharmacy school is uh, it's four years <laughs> on top of your undergrad. So, um, and uh, right after that, after moved to Belleville, we we signed for a pre-construction home that was going to be built a year later. And you know, I didn't have I didn't have energy to think about uh, 
how I was going to retire early. I was, it was focused on I got to put away more money for the the next uh, stage of deposit. So it was just it was always focusing on the immediate need of instead of thinking about the big picture future goal I want. I had to serve my immediate needs. Uh, as soon as we closed on our house, I was instantly hit with a wave of depression. It's like this is this is my life now. This is <laughs> this is what it's gonna be. I just gonna I just gonna show up to work. And that's when I actually discovered Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah, the and, purple book has helped a lot of people. Well, I, I remember like it was uh, we we closed on our the house that I'm in right now, like back in October. And I remember in December, we I, both of us were pretty like this is our life. We we work till we die now. And we, we walked into chapters just to kind of, uh, you know, uh, freshen our thoughts. And I saw this Asian guy on this book cover. I'm like, who is this guy? And uh, I picked it up and it, I read the back and I was like, I, I got to buy this. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Like a lot of people have that same story, which is cool because that book has just done it for so many people. So then you you took the knowledge, they got out of the book. What'd you do with it? How did you first get into like, what was your first purchase? And, and maybe some of the challenges uh that were involved in it yeah like as soon as i finished reading the book i i immediately started um educating myself more in the real estate space in the beginning it was um it was a lot of podcasts starting off with like bigger pockets and things like that and then and then i realized american things are dramatic very different to canadian real estate so i started listening to a lot of uh, real estate podcasts including yours rob um, and just educating myself as much as possible. And I quickly just started looking into multifamily properties as much as I can. Uh, my first investment, funny enough, it, was, it wasn't it was a multifamily. It was actually a student rental property in Beville. It was a very interesting property. It had, it was a rooming house where it was seven bedrooms sharing as, as one kind of dwelling with, uh, I think there was three bathrooms and a kitchen and living room, things like that. And that was one dwelling. And then on the other side, it was a one separate one bed, one bath apartment. And it was one of those uh, big Victorian homes. I think how they set up is, you know, how the main home is the for the for the wealthy family. And then the one bed, one bath is the servants quarters. You know how that's set up. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, how it was set up. And I bought that as a student rental. Um, not knowing what I was doing, I thought, you know, I'm I graduated not too many years ago. I understand the student experience, and uh, I thought I looked the numbers I'm like this. This thing could easily make five thousand dollars a month if I run it right. And at the time, my mortgage was only something like two thousand dollars. So, I it looked like it was a very uh, lucrative opportunity. What I quickly learned was the school here in Belleville is Loyalist College, which is kind of more of like a community college. So it's about 50-50 international students and 50% domestic students. And the domestic students, most of them pick Loyalist College solely because it's the one that's close by. So majority of them just commute. They don't need student housing. And I had to quickly shift to marketing towards international students, which is a completely different market. Um, for those you know, like there's the difference between international students who go to like the big name universities, like U of T. I see the Chinese students driving Lambos to school. Uh, th th these these aren't those kind of things. These are usually a little bit very come from modest backgrounds. They don't have that much money to spend, and 
um, a lot of them would ask to go two people per room to, to even save money, which at the time I, those rooms were quite small. So even if I wanted to, they wouldn't, they wouldn't fit. But regardless, I was able to fill that place very quickly. And I was generating $5,600 a month, all inclusive for that place. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of my student rentals in Peterborough. So, um, <clears throat> so I know exactly what you mean. A, a little bit more tricky when it comes to managing, you know, the day to day, but that's why, you know, you have the option of doing it if you've got that time or you can pass it off to somebody else. So do you still have student rentals? So that one I actually sold back in 2021. And the reason mm -hmm. for that was that was the year following the pandemic and the international students, they didn't, everything was online that year. So I, my students, some of my international students started moving out and I realized I had a hard time replacing them and room rentals, at least back then in Belleville, if you're looking for the locals, they're generally not the most high quality tenants. And mm -hmm. I tried it for a few people. It just wasn't working out. And I wasn't willing to write it out for another year before the students came back. And that was when the the market was spiking anyway. So I decided to sell at the time. Okay. Okay. So no student, no, you didn't get back into student rentals. Uh, no, and partly the reason was at the time I was trying to acquire more and with how that property was set up, those were rented room by room. They're not like, mm -hmm. um, you know, in like university, you can rent to like five, six groups of friends together. This one was all individually. And I had a, I had struggle with scaling because a lot of lenders, all they saw was debt and no, and they wouldn't include the income from the student rentals. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Big challenge with financing all the time. Lots of different uh, strategies around that, um, you know, for, for financing, but um, maybe you can tell us about the, the Quinty real estate investors association. Yeah. So when I first started investing in the Belleville area, there wasn't like nobody knew where Belleville was. And there was very few, few of our um, real estate investors here. And maybe, maybe there were more, but they weren't the kind that would go to community meetups or even be on Facebook. And I saw what Quentin was doing in Durham REI and the Kingston guys were doing their own thing. And I was a little disappointed that nothing existed in the Belleville area. And I realized, wait a minute, what am I doing? I can just start one. I can, I can just be the guy that, that starts it all up. And I did that so that there would be a community for people to collaborate and share and you know how investors are. We're not even some people may think that we're competing against each other for the same products, but it's, you know, with the abundance mindset is that there's enough deals for everybody. And I find investors are generally very willing to help each other out regarding like if you need uh if you need a contractor, they'll happily refer you somebody. Uh, if you need some help, just like figuring out what the best investment strategy is, or if you're struggling with tenants, usually investors are uh, very willing to help each other out. And I just wanted to put together a community where that collaboration can happen. So that's what I, I started that back in, I think, twenty either 2019 or 2020. And it's grown to several, almost a thousand people now. And we regularly host meetups every, right now we're doing them every two months. And it's just a a meetup event where people can network and we give a brief update on the local economy, the market, and what some changes may ha be happening. We try to focus, we try to keep it local. Um, so we, when we have speakers come, usually they're talking about something local related. So for example, we two, two events ago, we had 
Robert Cranadonk come speak. He is an investor. He is a professor at the Loyalist College, and he's a vice chair of the Committee of Adjustments. So he came in to talk about us, the process of minor variances and severances, and how specifically how that works and how he utilizes that strategy in his own investments to you know, make the best use of his properties. And more recently, we had a property manager that specifically manages international student rentals because nobody else uh, does that. And he being from that specific ethnicity group, uh, there's a lot of culture challenges associated with it. And he's stepped up to the plate to manage these student rentals. And we had him speak in our last event as well. Yeah, sounds like some good guests. So obviously, if you've got a thousand people, is that that's that's not in person? No, no. So our meetups, so we we have a Facebook group that we mostly collaborate. And um, when we have meetups, we host them at a local event. I think usually we get around 50, 60 people attend each time. Uh, admission's completely free. We don't, I don't like to gatekeep in knowledge. And um, yeah, it's just a place for people to collaborate and talk. And the Facebook group, people ask questions on a regular basis. And people are always so willing to help each other out and what's that called again how do people find it on facebook it is uh the quinty i, I in the facebook group i believe it's called the quinty real estate investors um i can give a link for you guys for people to join the group as yeah, well we'll have all the links for for all your stuff in the show notes later on um okay well, and i just want to sorry go ahead quentin no i was just curious like just uh, back on a on a personal note like what what freedoms have you achieved through real estate investing that you may not have had when you were a pharmacist? Well, freedom of time and space specifically. Uh, maybe not so much when I was self managing my properties, but now I've uh, now I've outsourced my property management to property manage property managers. Effectively, I can really be anywhere I want and. Well, anywhere I want, anytime I want, but more specifically, as someone who's, I'm not the kind of person who would go on vacation even if I was retired. What I decided to do with my newfound freedom was take risks in starting a new, you know, what's the right word for it? New ventures. So, specifically myself for being a real estate agent, it's uh, for a lot of people, it can be a scary step to take because for a 100% commission based profession, you could very well go six months without a single paycheck. So it allowed me to do that from a very comfortable place where even if I wasn't making any income specifically, I wouldn't be concerned about making my ends meet, feeding myself, paying my mortgage, things like that. And I think honestly, it made me a better real estate agent because I wasn't pushing anyone just for the paycheck. I was genu genuinely trying to help people as much as possible because that's just what I like to do. Very good. And I want to go back because I don't want to skip over this. I think it's important to talk about some challenges. Uh, you mentioned briefly some of the um, financing challenges that come up, especially if you're looking at something like a student rental in the portfolio, that kind of thing. What are some of the other challenges that you faced? Well, other challenges with uh, student rentals, you mean? No, just in general, like, you know, along the way, what, where have you stumbled and how have you, how have you gotten back up? You, okay. you know, you have more properties than like most of the population, right? Like if we think about Canadians in general, you know, most like 97% of them will have 
their own principal residence if they own anything. You know, you're part of that 3% that owns more than, you know, two properties and probably, you know, 20% of that who owns more than three properties, right? So you, you've got to have, you know, different challenges that have come up as you're growing and scaling. Absolutely. So as I got further into real estate investing, I got more comfortable with purchasing properties that needed renovations. And I knew that's where the real money is to be made in terms of lifting a forced appreciation. Um, but as someone who grew up fairly white collar and you know, in a white collar profession, like until I bought my own property, I, I I had the YouTube how to change a furnace filter when I had to change it for the first time. That's how, uh, you know, I'm not the kind of guy who had a lot of experience being on the tools. So when it came to renovations, it, it was a big challenge uh, in terms of communicating with the contractors and knowing exactly what needs to be done. I really had to do kind of go back to school in that sense and learn all about what how a house is really put together so that I don't sound like an idiot when I talk to the contractors and also so they don't you know take advantage of you. At the same time, I didn't understand how unavailable and how hard it is to find contractors could be. And as a result of uh, early poor time management skills, I actually ended up having to do some of the renovations myself because I cornered myself by saying the tenants can move in at this time and the flooring would be done before then. And uh, I had to, I actually ended up doing a kitchen by myself, installing it and doing the flooring by myself, which I think honestly, every investor should do at least once so they can understand how it works. So when they talk to a contractor, they know what they're talking about. It was honestly, that was when, I remember there was a stupid August 2022 summer. I just finished eight hours at the pharmacy and I went to go lay flooring for that unit. And I was like, oh man, these contractors, they charge, what did they charge? Like $1.50, $2 a square foot for labor for laying this flooring down. I'm looking at myself, I'm doing this. I'm I'm listening to music, I'm chilling out. I, I felt more relaxed than I did in my job. And I'd run a number, it's like, I think I'm laying more than 25 square foot an hour. I'm pretty sure I am. Am I making doing making $50 an hour doing this technically? And at this when it's like that's when I realized I'd rather do this than be in the pharmacy, honestly. Wow, crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and there yeah. is something like I noticed a lot of people will say and there's nothing wrong with this. But I just remember thinking the first time I heard someone say this, I think it was our friend Jeff Wood that said this, Quentin. He's like, you know, um, he's like, I, I don't do the things I don't want to do. So I don't cut my grass. You know, I don't. And I was thinking at the time, I'm like, man, I really enjoy cutting my grass. You know, it lets my mind shut off. Right. So, I mean, when there is things like that, that you can get, get that you can do and it just relaxes you which is funny because it's work, right? And a lot of people would say, what, you're crazy. Like, what are you talking about? That relaxes you. That's something that you like to do. You know, I, and everyone's, everyone plays in other people's, you know, jobs sometimes, right? Yeah. You know what? I think also one of the things that I, I heard is that, you know, when you were making the transition, your days weren't just eight hour days. There, there were, longer and you had to work harder in order to achieve the freedom that you did and I, and I don't think that gives enough like we don't give that enough credence like oftentimes 
people who are working down this path, they're probably doing two jobs or three jobs for yeah. a short amount of time to be mm -hmm. able to achieve that, right? So could you describe a little bit about that for us, George, that time? Yeah, absolutely. It was it was pretty hectic. It was especially in the fast growth phase where I would be working during the day. And then sometimes we might, I might have be submitting offers while I'm at work and then counter them back and run to the bathroom and do a quick call, counter back and then go back to work. And then after work, sometimes I I, I would be, I would be uh, renovating a place, you know, painting something. In the beginning, I didn't have as much fun. So I could, I, if I could do it myself, I did it. And even in the beginning for snow removal, I took care of the properties myself just, just because I could. And it was, it was very, it, 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 it was a lot to deal with, but I, right. I knew that the, the job wasn't, I, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't stand it any longer. And any lot, if I could continue that any longer, it would be, I would leave, I would retire, quit, whether I was financially free or not. So I had to do this. There was no other option. Yeah. And I think, a good point you're making too is that, and and Quentin, you too, is that um, this isn't a magic bullet thing like real estate investing. You know, if you if you are, you know, if you don't have funds, let's say at the beginning, and you're and you're coming at it from where I did, where George did, then you go in and where Quentin did. Sorry, Quentin, when you uh, when you um, when you start out, you're doing like you're going to your regular job and then you're going and keep it in your work like as as long as it takes to get the job done. Right. So, you know, and then later you start to see the rewards that come from that. Um, what do we got here? Uh, OK, some other challenges. Any more challenges? Uh, any more challenges? I found property management to be particularly challenging for me, and it has nothing to do with my time or energy. Mm -hmm. For me, I the uncertainty of what a potential call from a tenant was about it gave me it started affecting my mental health. What I found was every time the phone rang or a notification popped on my phone, I started having like a mini panic attack because. It could be the sink is leaking slightly or the house is on fire. So I really got to a point where I realized even though I was saving X number of dollars doing property management, I was pretty efficient at it in terms of dispatching maintenance and things like that. The mental impact on me was not worth it. And that's when I decided to outsource to property management. And so at what point was that? Like how many properties do you have at that time? And and you know, just to give people an idea, maybe of of when to start to scale like that. It was right when I acquired my tenth door, uh -huh. and it was while I was working full time. Okay, right on, right on. So, when did you actually transition from the pharmacy? I left. Uh, I left March twenty twenty two. That was when. So I actually, about six months prior to that, I realized I'd achieved financial freedom and I didn't have to work anymore regarding the cash flow. But at the time, I still had some projects I needed to finish up and I wanted to refinance my properties before uh -huh. I left. Smart they move. Needed, they, Smart move. Oh, I like it. I like it. Yeah. So 
I had to, uh, I waited till I could refinance everything and get all my money out while I could still prove my income. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what I did. Also, um, at the time I was getting like the, the stress of being at the job that I was incredibly miserable. It was taking a big toll on my health. And I actually took like, I think the month of October or November prior to that, I actually took a whole month off because I was feeling so burnt out and that's when I knew I had to do it sooner rather than later. And March's uh, pharmacist license renewal, it's a thousand bucks. So I uh, I needed to do that before that because I wasn't going to pay a thousand bucks and get my license for a whole year. I wanted hmm. to give it up. Interesting. In, you know what? I, a lot of people that I talk to complain that there's no cash flow in Ontario. And um, I think that... You know what it is is that people have like a limited their you know what's out there because they they only look in toronto or they look in vancouver or they look in ottawa george where do you find cash flow in ontario cash flow george <laughs> uh well i i love the belleville ontario market especially because you know a lot of people chase, go for cash flow they start chasing alberta or they start going to timmins Sudbury. but there's something to there's something comforting about having a property that you can actually drive to in one day or one without having to sleep overnight. Like we're only two hours, technically an hour and a half if you were on the Markham Scarborough side uh, from Toronto, depending on how fast you drive. <laughs> and um, so I love this market. We are uniquely positioned. If you think about it from leaving, if you go from Toronto eastward, the prices you know go down the further you're away from Toronto up to a point, which is Belleville. And once you go past Belleville, it starts going up again because you're going towards Kingston and Kingston's higher price. So we are uniquely positioned where we just right on the 401, at the, really the bottom of the housing pricing market here. And our rents here are as high as you would see in like Kitchener, Hamilton, Oshawa, while, you know, being practically 60, 70% of the purchase price there. Mm-hmm. That's and, interesting. So are you saying that even with today's interest rates that you can cash flow in Belleville? Yes, absolutely. Um, especially if you buy, if you're doing like a duplex version or if you buy a multi existing multifamily. Um, right now, what I'm noticing is that the ones that are fully tenanted with below market rents, the sellers are actually coming to terms with the reality and they're actually pricing them at a point where they're actually cash flow positive despite the significantly below market rents and you're, you're going in cash flow positive, maybe not a lot to begin with, but as soon as one of them turns over, you're increasing your cash flow by $700. Right. And, and if you also, there's the student rental market and the student rental market is here is, is bonkers. You're looking $900 per room here. If you oh, furnish yeah. it. <clears throat> yeah. And, um, you're, you know, you can buy a little, if you're looking for something a little bit in a rougher area or like, and more outdated, you can pick up a four bed house for under 400 here. Wow. Great. Well, what about the caps on international students? Do you think that's going to have any effect in the Belleville area? Um, I don't think so because for example, they are changing the rules regarding the private colleges. So now you're going to, we're going to have less students in Canada in general, but they're going to be funneled more towards the publicly funded colleges because the private ones aren't going to get uh, work permits anymore. That was recently uh, proposed. And for example, BC, they have, I think 
it was something about a band for international students. So they're going to just means, means more are going to get funneled towards Ontario. So I think students in Canada overall will, will reduce, but the number coming to Belleville will remain the same, if not go up because the other places are making their changes. Okay. Very cool. Hey, what is a piece of info or advice that's always stuck with you and tell us how it's helped you. Honestly, I would say in the beginning of your real estate investing career, uh, don't be afraid to get your hands dirty, especially like when your funds are tight. Get in there, do do some painting yourself, especially if you're buying something where the renovations aren't that crazy, where you're just changing the flooring, new trim, paint. Just go ahead and do it yourself. It's not that hard. There's lots of YouTube videos out there for it. Uh, was it Renovision DIY? I love that guy on YouTube. I learned how to paint from that guy. I learned how to install trim and flooring from that guy. Um, it really understands, it really helps you understand how these renovations work, how a house is put together. And once you understand how it works, when you get a quote from the contract in the future, you will know when they're trying to scam you. And they're, you know, you know that joke and the mechanics, like you got to change your blinker fluid. Yeah. <laughs> um, if someone says you got to change your flooring fluid, that's an extra $500. You know, they're scamming you, right? But until you do it yourself, you don't, you don't know what's true and what's not. Yeah. Okay. Good advice. I like it. Um, well, George, uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing everything that you shared with us. Quentin, did you have any other questions for him? No, I, I'm I'm just happy to see uh, George, and you know he 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 got rid of his glasses, and I added glasses, which is kind of funny. You can only see this on the on the YouTube, but uh, uh, I, I know he's made made some great changes. But it, it's it's really cool to to you know uh, see you. Is there a, a a great place for people to get in touch with you? What's what do you prefer? Um, I'm most active. I'm big on social media, Instagram, particularly if you can follow me at cash flow, George, no dots, no spaces, no nothing. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, they're all the same handles, or you can reach me on my website at georgewang.ca and you can book a call and chat from there. Awesome. All that stuff is going to be in the show notes. Yes. So if you missed that, just go to the show notes and all George's contact will be there. Um, you know, an interesting note that you brought up and one last comment I'm going to make here is that you did a lot of your investing through COVID when most uh, investors who had been going for a while were hitting their brakes and saying now's the time to stop. So I think that there's something to be said and, and maybe it's maybe this is the wrong way to put it because, you know, obviously people like us, we educate ourselves uh, to the best that we can before we go out and make action or take action. But, um, you know, there's something to be said for the naivety of being new into the market and not knowing any difference, right? Saying, where can I get the best value now? Because this is when I'm starting and I can't go back in time, you know? So I think there's there's something to that. Quentin, what do you think? Yeah, definitely. You know, it's we, we don't know what we don't know. The, the it, it is important to take action and you know, um, try to learn from the people around you, you know, going to places like the Quinty Real Estate Investor Association, if you're going to invest in, in, in that area, it will help you to network with other people who are there already and, and learn from them. And, but, you know, just taking action and, and moving forward is great. As long as you surround yourself with a quality team of people, you know, advisors, you could call them, who help you to do that in the right way, 
um, have the same, you know, have done what you want to do. I think that's, that's great. That's an excellent uh, um, way of, you know, getting started. And I do remember one of the things that stuck with me was at Dura Mariai one time, you were talking about getting anchored in what the way that things used to be and not understanding that the market's going to change and saying, well, I need to find that deal or else I can't move forward. And, and, you know, you just can't do that. You've got to readjust and, and work within the space that you have. Yeah. Ca cash flow changes. Like I remember, you know, in 2008 when Pickering was, you could buy a single family home and cash flow 100, 200 bucks a month after, um, you know, just purchasing anything off the MLS. And then it slowly, you know, you couldn't do it anymore. It had to be Whitby, then Oshawa, then like Bowmanville. So, you know, and the strategy had to change too. So you had to do, you know, duplex conversions. Now it's looking at, you know, in the same area, now it's looking at maybe taking a single family and creating three units or four units out of it in order to make the numbers work. So, you know, getting stuck in a, in a mindset um, you have to have a growth mindset for real estate investing um, if you want to scale it and grow it for sure. All right. And on that note, uh, thank you again, George. Really appreciate you being here. Um, Quinton, how can people get in touch with you? Oh, yeah, you can get in touch with me by um, you can uh, check me out on Instagram or social media at QMAN REI. Um, you can uh, look me up at uh, durhamrei.ca or um, quintendesouza.com. Either of those is a great place, uh, websites you can get in touch with me. And people can reach me at rob at mrbreakthrough.ca. Thanks for joining us again, everybody. Appreciate it. Uh, go out there and take some action. And we'll see you next time. Oh, we got a little bit of housekeeping, I guess. Introduce Quinton into the show and that kind of thing, and and uh, then we'll get to you. Are you the new co-host, Quinton? I am the new co-host. You can call me Break Three, or because we had Break Two, now it's Break Three. I don't know. I just make up shit. <laughs> okay, and that's yeah. that's the kind of wit we want you to bring to the show. What kind of that's wit? Oh my God, we're in trouble. Oh, crap. <laughs>